0: It really comes down to what people are saying about your brand when you're not listening or when you're not looking.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president at Blast Media, and like always, I will be your host and bartender today. I'm having a cocktail today with Adrian Cohn, director of brand strategy at Smartling, Adrian and I met a couple years ago at Saster when I strolled up to the Smartling booth to see what they were all about, and I am glad I did. They ended up becoming a Blast Media client, yes, which is awesome, but more importantly, Adrian was introduced to my life. He's one of those rare people who is insanely intentional with his words, which is why when he became head of brand at Smartling, he went on the quest to answer the question, who are we and why do we exist? As a SaaS marketer or founder, the answer to this question is fundamental. And Adrian developed a brand campaign that perfectly delivered on Smartling's why and brought in measurable business value as a result. More on that later. So, mix up a cocktail, join me and Adrian as we discuss the importance of brand in marketing and how to get executive buy-in on the importance of your why. Thanks for joining me.
0: I appreciate the invite, and I appreciate the cocktail.
1: Yes, I love it. We're recording a little after noon, Eastern time, which I think is a respectable hour to have a cocktail. So are you joining me for a drink?
0: I certainly am
1: What are you having
0: so I got a tamarindo de playa, and I have the it's a tasty drink uh made by Ezra Starr. The ingredients are scotch whiskey, lemon juice, tamarind syrup, cinnamon syrup, and some aromatic bitters, all of which are tasting mighty fine this afternoon.
1: Dude, that is fancy. I'm having a tequila blanco margarita, which literally is just Marg Mix and white tequila. (laughs) But I'm doing with what I have here. (laughs) But I'm excited. Well, today, Adrian and I are talking about the value of brand in marketing and specifically one brand campaign that Smartling embarked on last year that should hopefully spark a few ideas or maybe some takeaways for our listeners as you're thinking about what you can do moving forward or ideas around a specific brand campaign that can actually elevate the brand in a measurable and meaningful way. I'm excited to talk about that. But before we dig into it, Adrian, can you give us the speed dating version of what Smartling is?
0: Yeah. Smartling is a language translation technology and services company that enables our customers to transform their website or their mobile application or their online application from one language, typically English, into any.
1: And is that translation done through an aut- all of an automated process or is there people that do it or is it a combination of both?
0: It's a combination of both. Automated translation to me is the entire process end to end from the moment you select translations to the moment you deliver them to your end user. We look at this as a as an opportunity to provide software automation surrounding the human translation process. And there is also some machine translation involved in the process as well.
1: And I'd like to learn a little bit about your journey to Smartling. How did you get into B2B SaaS marketing?
0: Well, the journey started almost five years ago now when i started working for Smartling on the business operations team. And I, I did that because I wanted to get into the world of B2B software. And what happened was over the years, I matured from being in business operations to customer success, and then customer success into marketing. And that transition was advanced by an initiative that I I spearheaded in 2017, I made a couple of brand videos for our user conference that helped to redefine who we are and why we exist. And that was my entry point into marketing.
1: And you said, who we are and why do we exist? And I'm curious then, how do you define brand? I feel like this is one of those questions that you get a bunch of different answers depending on who you ask, but how do you define it?
0: Brand is the emotional state and the experience that your end users have with your company.
1: And I feel like when it comes to B2B brand marketing, it used to be so product-driven and product-led, right? This is the product that we are delivering to you and here is the value. And then there's been this shift in, in what people are calling the consumerization of B2B marketing. Do you think there's a difference in how B2B marketers view brand today versus B2C marketers, and should there be a difference?
0: I think that there's still quite a ways to go for the B2B marketing cohort to make that full transition to realize the benefits of thinking more like a business-to-consumer marketer. We still see across the B2B landscape a lot of very stoic communication styles. You sort of referenced it, but I'll sort of hit it home a little harder there are a lot of websites out there or marketing collateral by B2B marketers that promote the speeds and fees or product advantages. The reality is that there are a lot of different players in the market now for a variety of different business verticals. And the differences between these companies is becoming harder to understand. And in some cases, one of the reasons behind that is that product teams are just so good now that they can see how their competitors are evolving and implement new features two weeks later that mimic what their competitors are doing. So from my point of view, you have to start positioning companies now for the values that you're bringing to the marketplace and how you approach and solve problems. And you can do that by thinking a little bit more like a business-to-consumer marketer, or as I like to think about it, business-to-person marketer you know, we're all people at the end of the day.
1: And I've had a lot of conversations recently about how today, just given our current situation, it's digital only. I mean, it used to be digital first, but right now it is digital only. Your online presence is your only presence. And it's really forcing people to look at their brand. And if there's no other way to connect and form an experience, but online, what does your experience say today? And when the band-aid was pulled off where we were a digital only world, is I think there was probably a lot of not marketers, but business owners who realized, oh shit, we don't have enough content. Our brand doesn't really speak to anyone. It doesn't have a personality. It's not making people feel a certain way. And while, yes, it it's perhaps taken a national pandemic to come to that realization. Do you think that ultimately that realization is going to change? Brand perspective for the better?
0: I hope so. And the businesses that went into this global pandemic with a strong brand position will come out of COVID 19 with a strong brand image if they are able to maintain their brand experience through everything. But if you went into this pandemic without a global brand strategy, then I have a feeling those companies are going to have a very tough time. Making a comeback, as we talked about earlier, there there are so many different competitors out there for every single business vertical, and there are going to be winners and losers in in all of those categories.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you know, we're we as PR are most often bucketed under brand as well. And I'm hopeful, and and we're seeing this with both new clients and current clients. I'm hopeful that this current experience will. Have people look inside their brand a bit more in a more consistent basis on uh, how are we responding to the overall pain points, the needs, the emotions, the sensitivities of our customers in our industry and messaging appropriately? Because that hasn't necessarily always been the case. I want to understand a little bit more, Adrian, is what are you responsible for as director of brand strategy at Smartling? What does that mean? What tactics fall underneath you? What does your team look like?
0: When I transitioned to the marketing team, one of the primary drivers of that transition was to help the business have a better message to the market. We were marketing previously like the typical B2B, talking about how we're the best or we're number one. And it was a very unrelatable message. So my goal at the beginning was to reset our customers and the market's expectations of who we are and why we exist. And we did that through those brand films, we did it by relaunching our website, changing our message and making the entire experience that people have with our brand a little bit of a more personalized one, a little bit of a more human oriented one. And over the years that's I wouldn't say it's changed but we've we've certainly innovated on top of that brand by further understanding the human side of what we do, and by creating an entire marketing program that surrounds this concept of a human-centric service that we offer to our customer base, even though a large part of the value that we bring is actually in the software.
1: And you you think about other companies who offer software and services, of which there are many, Mm Typically, the services portion is promoted as the, the service that is offered, right? It's, it's implementation, it's consulting, uh, maybe it's ad placement, creative, whatever the case is. In the instance with Smartling, the services side are, are the actual people, right? The, the actual translators. And the primary reason I wanted to, to have you on, Adrian, is because you, you very rarely hear about brand campaigns that have clear goals and measurable results. And when you first came to us with the idea that we're going to talk about, it was clear that this wasn't a a flash in the pan idea, right? It wasn't you as the brand guy getting really passionate about this one thing that you were doing, and we are like, "Oh, okay, I'm not sure it's going to get press attention." This was a major movement for the company, and we knew that we had to plug in in a way that was going to help promote this and and lift it to the right people but i was I was really taken by the final end result of the business value that this specific brand campaign drove. So I want to walk listeners through this campaign that you championed for Smartling last year. It's called Move the World with Words. And I want to walk through the the objectives that were set out, the why, right? What was the why behind it? And eventually get to the kick-ass results that had big business impact at the end. So can you start with what was Move the World with Words? And why did it come to be?
0: Move the world with words. It's our way of sharing with the market that the whole reason to why we exist is to enable our customers to create meaningful user experiences. And we've recognized that meaningful user experiences now are powered by words. So by putting out the message, move the world with words we're reinforcing the human side of what we do, language translation, and we're reinforcing what our customers try to do or they aspire to do, which is have an impact on the global users with the words that are in their products or services. And I think to fully understand and appreciate the campaign, you, you have to go back a few years and look at what Smartling was at the time. And where we aspired to be as a company, we were known as the leading software provider in the space of translation management and localization. We also offered translation services. That was our message to the market. And what that means is some of our customers would, they'd come to us and they'd buy our technology, but they would use their own translators or a third-party translation agency to do the
1: work. And that's painful, right? As a company,
0: it's painful as a company and it was also painful for our customers <laughs> because they had to do they had to manage more people, more teams but it partially was their preference and it was partially our message to the market simply was not was not reinforcing that we had language translators that would do a good job. It just simply wasn't a focus but the business priorities shifted and business started to make a number of changes. For example, instead of us working with larger agencies as a vendor of ours to fulfill translations, we started to identify freelance translators that we could hire directly. And we've been working on that change of business model since 2016. And we really started to fully realize those changes last year, just as we were implementing this brand campaign, which would complement the business strategy.
1: And what were the elements that made up this campaign?
0: So. The whole campaign started with the idea that the people behind global commerce were the unrecognized heroes behind global user experiences. So we hired a photographer named Elizabeth Brentano, and we put her on a worldwide tour to meet 12 of our translators. She flew first to Spain and then traveled through France, and then hopped on a plane for Italy and made her way up to Berlin. And uh, before the trip was over, she had had gone to so many different locations and met and photographed translators that we work with every single day. And the end result of the campaign was a publication, a book. It's a gorgeous book that features the lives and the stories and the photographs of 12 translators that we work with every day that could also be your translators.
1: How did you initially bring up the idea of this brand campaign and ultimately get executive buy-in for the budget? I knew
0: that this was an important business strategy. So that was step one, was recognizing what our business objectives were and then dream up some marketing ideas that would complement that business strategy. When this idea hit me, I took it to our chief executive officer and laid out the vision for how we could start to humanize our entire company around our business strategy. And it immediately made sense to him, which was helpful. (laughs) But that didn't solve every problem. Of course, this was something that needed budget, but we were able to talk about how important it was to provide the marketplace with a message that would help us to better sell and position the language services that we have, and also to position Smartling not just as a language services provider or a technology provider, but a complete solution provider for businesses that wanted to or had to support multilingual content.
1: So the goal wasn't to sell books. (laughs) The goal (laughs) was to promote and increase the awareness of and hopefully, the number of customers investing in language services. If the book was the the center of the campaign, what other marketing levers did you pull to support the campaign?
0: We pulled the entire marketing engine around the campaign. So we have two events that are global events. They're annual user conferences called Global Ready. And we used those events in the beginning or middle of last year to introduce the brand campaign but we also created two additional events towards the end of last year they were in September where we were able to launch the book and share with customers best practices for how to manage language translation and uh, and really it was it was a day for everybody to to upskill in the area of working with language translators We also re-architected parts of our website so that you could meet these translators online so that our messaging above the fold was always about the human side of global commerce. We did tons of publicity to help shape the narrative around our new uh, investment in the language services offerings. And it was a company-wide effort. Everybody participated. We also redecorated our entire office. So it's now like a museum. You walk in, well, it's really like a museum right now since no one's there. Um, and it's sort of like a time capsule. But we have photographs of all of our translators spread throughout the office. And it's just become like a, a big part of who we are.
1: I mean, it's rare for a brand campaign to to have a big impact on the business, right? I mean, I think that most people think of brand spend as well. It's, it's my X percent of budget that I spend that I can't really tie to any ROI, but I know if I don't invest in it, that everything else suffers, right? It's just this nebulous percentage of spend, which is bothersome, right? For, for those of us that play in that space. So I do want you to hit everybody with, um, if you're able to share it, if the goal was to increase the awareness and adoption of Smartling's language services offering, was there any measurable impact on that?
0: There was. There's a direct impact. And whenever I get the question about how do you measure brands, the first response I give is revenue. (laughs) If you have business goals and you achieve them, there's no question in my mind that brand plays a specific role and objective in in achieving that result. In the case of Move the World with Words, the result was to sell more language services. So this is what we did. We were able to achieve 104% of our earned media goal. And we were able to do that by achieving placements in trade publications that folks who listen to this podcast probably have never heard of because they're specific to translation and localization, but that's important for us. But everyone here has heard of AdAge. They've heard of Forbes. We got great placement in those publications that helped to shape the narrative of our brand. The earned media, the events that we did, the advertisements that we ran led to an 11.4% increase in website traffic month over month. And that was organic website traffic increase. And the other result that we had is that we had an increase of meetings booked on our website by 50% quarter over quarter. So what we're seeing here is that the early indicators like publicity and website traffic had an impact on middle funnel indicators like meetings booked. And here's where things get really interesting. The middle of the funnel for sales is opportunity creation And what we saw was that customers before the campaign were including language services in 20% of the opportunities with SmartLink. And after the campaign, we saw that go from 20% to 80%. So we had a far larger pool of of prospects and customers that wanted to start using our language services. And then in the first quarter of this year, we reported a 120% goal achievement of our language services sales in, in the quarter. So we had a business strategy, we had business goals, and we set a brand strategy that would help our company achieve the business goal.
1: Hell yeah, fucking brand, yeah. man. That's incredible. <laughs> That's- and I think what's important to take away here too, though, is this wasn't a week-long, cute brand campaign. This was a highly strategic executive buy-in, all hands on deck. Oh, you said all marketing levers pulled. This was a huge effort, an ongoing long-term effort for the whole company with all the stakeholders on board. And I think that is a big difference and the reason why something like this has big brand impact versus just a short-term, this seems like a you know good idea at the time. There was clear goals, clear desired outcomes. And by making the case for the budget, getting the executive team on board, you guys were able to realize the results. So congratulations to you and your team, because any time that there is a brand-driven campaign that yields this much direct ROI for the business, I just want to shout it from the rooftops. I do want to talk a little bit about overall perception of brand. You were fortunate enough that your CEO was on board and you were able to get his buy-in. Uh, many people are not that fortunate. What do you wish that more C-level executives understood about brand? Well,
0: I think that brand takes time. I, you, you mentioned that in your, your comment a moment ago that it, it was not just a couple of days worth of work. It was a whole season worth of work. And I still think that we're just at the beginning with our brand campaign. But generally, I think that if CMOs and CEOs are really hungry to shift perceptions, which will be the difference between being in the number one or the number two slot and being number 10, you have to invest in brand. For decades, marketers have been talking about, not just marketers, but Business executives, too, have been talking about how important it is to be on the customer's radar at all times. This is really a game now, not of product features, not of reports that come out that say you're number one or number two. It's, it really comes down to what people are saying about your brand when you're not listening or when you're not looking. Uh, and there are a lot of forums through which people do this now. They do it through G2, they do it through Captera. They do it through LinkedIn. And without brand as a strategic component of your business strategy, I think that there will be a missing opportunity for you to further achieve the the vision that you as the CEO or a chairman of a board or or may have for the for the company.
1: And for those brand marketers that are listening, Outside of Smartling, and I suggest that you guys go and and check out the Move the World with Words campaign, is there another B2B SaaS company that you feel delivers an exceptional brand experience that you would recommend others doing some research on?
0: There There are three companies that come to my mind right away. Drift, which we use. And I know that you've had Drift on your podcast before. They have a fantastic brand and their brand is all about making marketers better and shifting the the narrative from later to now in terms of how buyers are are buying and want to be communicated with. I think that Gong is another great example. We recently licensed Gong at SmartLing and they have an unbelievable brand experience from every single point in the the customer lifecycle. As soon as you log in, you are getting a brand experience and I think that they do a terrific job. And lastly, I think that Lessonly has an outstanding brand. They're based in your hometown, actually. And I think that the way they go about conveying what they do and why they do it is simply outstanding. And the execution from the creative to the digital implementation to the copywriting is is just that those three companies all nail it. And I look at them every single day for inspiration.
1: Good. Well, hopefully now they'll be looking at you.
0: That'd be nice. (laughs) Well,
1: Adrian, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Do you have a signature or favorite toast to send us out?
0: Lindsay, this has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. I do have a favorite toast and I'm going to give credit to my dad for this one. He would say, I ask all of you to be upstanding, as the English say, to stand up and raise your glasses with me. Uh, that that's his prompt before the toast. And I think that it's a, it's a good one because it reminds you that when you're going to give a toast, you should actually stand and show what you're standing for in that toast metaphorically and physically.
1: Well, cheers to your dad. I will drink to that. Bottoms up.
0: Bottoms up. Thanks, Lindsay.
1: Thanks again to Adrian for joining us on the show. If you want to try his Tamarindo de Playa, we're giving away a limited number of free cocktail kits to our listeners delivered to you at your home or office, wherever you may be. All you got to do is plug in a code and we send it to you. Go to cocktailcourier.com slash sasshalffull and use promo code AUDIENCE to claim your free cocktail kit. Again, cocktailcourier.com slash sasshalffull with promo code AUDIENCE. Appreciate the listen, guys. Until next time, Bottoms Up.